welcome to Esoteric America, a podcast where we tour the strange, mystical, and esoteric pathways hidden beneath the surface of America. Join Mark, Tara, Roman, Chad, and a new local researcher each episode as we dive into our country's diverse regions, states, counties, cities, towns, neighborhoods, parks, etc., leaving no stone unturned as we unravel the cult knots that tie history, culture, religion, all in with fringe elements that you may not have realized were at play in your own backyard. On this episode of Esoteric America, our guide Bird Dog gives us a tour of Cartersville, Georgia. again on esoteric america today we are touring cartersville georgia with a brand new friend a researcher who's got his very own youtube channel but first i'm mystic mark my lovely girlfriend tara is sitting right beside me tara how are you very well thank you <coughs> she's very well not talking into the microphone yet but she's doing great roman how are you doing today brother I'm fantastic. I'm soaking my feet in a copper pot full of mineralized water. I'm ready for this one. Oh, you're soaking on this episode? Okay. Chad, what's up, brother? Long time no oh, see. Yeah. How you been? I'm doing good. I wish I was soaking, but I'm super, super excited for our show tonight <laughs> and do a little exploration of Georgia and Hotland and Cartersville. Man, I can't wait. Um, yes. Cartersville it is, nice. and today our guide his very own bird dog. I'm not sure what part of Georgia he's from, but he's going to tell us. And uh, maybe it's Carterville, maybe not. Maybe you're from nearby, but introduce yourself. How are you today? Greetings, my fellow high-minded beings. It is such an honor to be here and to share this wonderful information that, that I have. I do live in Cartersville. It's just so wild. I, I've listened to previous shows. It's in all this craziness is in my backyard. Things of thousands of years old, the mysticism, the esoteric, uh, you know, the dot connecting. I believe this is going to add a, just a whole lot of other puzzles to potential linear timelines, so to speak. So it is truly an honor. We're going to do a lot of exoteric, but I think because of the high five, high frequency beings here, we can use our, our discernment muscles to <laughs> read between the lines. Dude, Chris, you are right. This is why we train. You're right at home already, dude. I love it. I love the energy. And uh, yeah, Georgia's awesome. I've never been there. I've met some people from Georgia and they sound awesome. They've always been kind to me. Um, it sounds awesome down there, I should say. But yeah, 
I, as far as I know, there are pyramids in Georgia. That was like the first thing everyone knows about the Guidestones. Uh, rest in peace, Georgia Guidestones. Uh, but you know, these pyramids recently came up again. If I'm not uh, incorrect, maybe on this show or maybe in the news or something. But where did you first start to realize there's something strange where you're from? Well, I'm not, I'm not familiar with what is out in the news. I don't really watch the news. I'm very uh, unplugged. But, um, well, when I, I'm, when I moved to Georgia, I noticed there were a bunch of mounds like two miles from my house and I go walk my dog there and I was intrigued, but I was, you know, just, I found them just by seeing them, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, uh, just noticing all the, um, if you, if you have a lens of even like Tataria or anything of that level, I'm look, seeing all these also like Greek architectures as well. And, uh, you know, so timelines could be very interesting. I just was just noticing, just walking around and the synchronicities of like Roman, for example, he, they were sharing things and I would share some things and it's just, it just kind of snowballed from there. And then as I feel back the layers of this area, um, we have unique mounds. We have like spiral pyramids, the only ones in North America. We have some incredible, one of a kind only things in Georgia. And um, if, before I can, before I continue, I, I can tell you that I moved here 10 years ago um, and I planted roots here and the, the, the energy of the people here are, is so beautiful. Like I could literally stop someone in the sidewalk and have a 10 minute conversation with them about whatever, you know what I mean? So I was like, I'm in the right place. And plus we know Georgia has a history of, not listening too well to authority, and uh, so I fit right in. So I'm an official Georgian now. They accept me, and so this is a beautiful place, uh, in my opinion. So that's awesome. This, yeah, man. Where are you originally from? Did I miss that? Are you originally? Oh, no, from... a, you know, I'm originally from Maryland. Oh, okay, cool. Um, just travel. I started. I got out of there uh, when I joined the military. I realized I just want to travel, man. So the military was kind of my key. Cause I don't have any money. Right. So they were kind of, so beyond that, I mean, I've lived in, um, I've lived in Abu Dhabi for a couple of years. I lived in Germany for a couple of years. I, I have a lot of stamps on my passport. Um, a, my, my kind of gnosis, um, intentional gnosis really started in about 2003, 2004. Uh, you know, when some, some things fell down at free fall speed and, uh, and then I really got into like Edward G. Griffin, learning about money. And that, of course, any type of the like base power structure, oppressive pyramid, they all connect with each other. So I started with money. Then you get into the essentials, like beyond the pale horse type books. And it just goes from there. So that was 20 years ago. And uh, I'll be honest, the last two years, the energetic aspect where I take mm -hmm. it from overstanding and intellectually, it's literally becoming utility and internalized. And, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That's a great insight into who you are. And I think a lot of people can relate, certainly us four here hosting the show. So it's a pleasure to have you here, man. And, and 20 years is a lot of time to, to get acquainted. So I'm excited to see how your, uh, your research into this one particular area is coming to, coming together because you know when we take a, a lens a microscope to one area we 
find so many strange connections, but the biggest connection that I like to start at is, is the connection that's made between the subject and you, the observer, because we can't discount the observer effect. And, you know, this is sort of a part of why the hero's journey also connects, right? Because we're all searching for our purpose. And sometimes we get like slapped across the face from a sign by the universe, like look in this direction or go here. So for whatever reason you made your way to Cartersville and it seems to gel. You said that the vibes are good there. The people are good. And on top of it, uh, you're, you're in the right place with the right mindset. Cause there's all these strange things that need to be sussed out, you know, mysteries. So maybe you got a presentation. Uh, we, we can sure. start with the first slide, but, but before that, any thoughts on what I just said? Dude, you, it, it really reminded me of the book of uh, the alchemist where he goes and looks for all this treasure in, and beyond lands and the treasure was really where, where he started. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's me. And I was searching. I'm sure we were all searching, right? And that's why my oh, yeah. travels, just searching. We don't know why. And we, and of course, that we have to pivot. <laughs> we have to pivot because we fall down certain rabbit holes. But, but um, you know, we, I don't want to go into everything, but we all know that we've been deceived and, and we've been kind of our – to um, dampen our, our energy. So we, we have this kind of, we need to know this curiosity. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and yes, when that, when we, I think our mindsets here, when you, we sink our teeth into a topic, forget about it. See, call me in nine months or a year. You know <laughs> what I mean? After thousands of hours of uh, researching one single thing, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, man. Uh, prairie dog and in the truth man you gotta love it dude just out there deep deep but hey you know uh that's why we live on such a cavernous uh cavernous planet man there's many holes to dig and and many to climb through and it's an endless journey and uh, it's a pleasure to be on it here with all of you such a pleasure chad any thoughts before we get into this presentation I'm just looking forward to hearing his journey. I can tell that it's a journey that has contributed to who he is as a person. Mm. And I, th- I think that's what this research does. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what, what he's dug up. Right on. Well, let's get to it. <laughs> let's unlock our greatness. <laughs> unlock your greatness. Should I, should I share? <laughs> should I share my screen? Yeah, go for it. All right. So we're, like I said, we're going to start with, the exoteric first and just do a lot of websites um, from here, but let's try and get like a basic timeline here. I don't know if you can see, I, I said share. No, yeah, you're good. We're sharing. We can see it. It says uh, history, the beginning at the top of the slide. Okay. So this is just to get a kind of a baseline framework of, you know, Ancient timelines, and I have several different timelines. We'll go through them um, as we go. So just a quote from um, an archaeologist here. He says, a people which takes no pride in the achievements of, of remote ancestors will never achieve anything worthy to be remembered by remote descendants. So based on this timeline, 400 B.C. was when they started permanent homesteads. Uh, here's a mound site 
from 0 AD to um, 450 AD, the Leak site, which is a mound site, uh, two unusual circular stone labyrinths on top of Lad's Mountain. Identical structures were built by the Celts in Gaul, Iberia, and Britain prior to being conquered by the Romans. So, yeah, let your imagination wander there, my friends. Uh, 200 AD to 600 AD, burial of important leader in a cave in Pine Log area. He had a copper breastplate, copper ear, spools, beads, evidence that a major settlement was nearby. 900 AD to 1500 AD, invaders from the west pushed out the woodland people and erected fortifications. So that right there tells me the people that built this stuff were already, you know, were pushed out, so to speak. 1000 AD to 1400 AD, you have Etowah, which is here in Cartersville. We're going to discuss this river intensely. Um, uh, becomes one of the largest population centers in North America during this time. 1400 AD, Etowah meets its largest population size. 1500 AD, Kusa becomes one of the most powerful paramount chieftains in the Southwest. <clears throat> now here comes the Europeans. May 18th to, um, excuse me, um, 1539, DeSoto ex um, expedition set sail from Havana. We're going to go over his trail from Florida through this area to Tennessee, or excuse me, to Nashville and back down. It's funny you guys mentioned Nashville uh, the other week. <clears throat> so August 21st, 1540, DeSoto arrives in the Etowah area, hangs out for four, uh, 10 days. 1560, the mass depot begins due to European diseases. I'm going to get into that. This is where I, I uh, question that. Um, 1570 to 1600 AD, Kusa chieftain collapses. The few survivors of the epidemics moved to Alabama to create the Creek Confederacy, known as the Ab Abica Creeks. This is going to come back, this information. 1777, survivors of the war between the Cherokee and American colonists begin migrating to northeast Georgia. Okay. 1798, federal government begins massive aid program to teach the Cherokee how to farm, grow cotton, sheep. I'm sure that was, you know, your indoctrination right there. Check this out. 1814, Charles Hicks. And, made, and Major Ridge joined the Georgia Cherokees and Cheeks in Cheeks Creeks in war against the Red Stick Warriors in Alabama. Charles Hicks becomes a Christian. He's a he's a he's a Cherokee. In 1817, Charles Hicks is elected principal chief of the Cherokee Nation. A large party, a large party of Cherokee relocate voluntarily to Arkansas. So if he gets elected, a lot of them are like, we're out of here. Check this out. After the Cherokees were relocated located to um, Oklahoma, we're going to talk about the Trail of Tears, which also started right here. Uh, a band of Cherokees assassinated Major Ridge, John Ridge, and, and this other guy in uh, June 22nd, 1939. So <laughs> they weren't happy about their uh, "quote unquote" elected officials. Mm. So yeah, June twenty second, eighteen thirty nine, the Cherokees 
assassinated Major Ridge, John Ridge, and Elias Boudinois or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I like I like how you, you gave us like a, a, you know, very brief synopsis of an extremely long time. But that's like, you know, kind of uh, what we're left with in a lot of places here in North America mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because of this sort of lack of written record pre, you know, European uh, invasion. So... Very cool. All right. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, if you uh, want to uh, click like that full screen button uh, and like oh. put the, you know, it might make the presentation slides um, larger, and then it'll also ma- possibly make it easier for you to click from slide to slide. Um, oh gosh. Yeah, you probably go up to the top uh, where it says slideshow. You might be able to do I'm it there. At the, the and early, click early from history. the from the current and, uh, slide. Roman, the, from the current, you just click from the current slide. It's on the left. Oh, gosh. Okay, I got to see you. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. You know, hey, there we go. And then, yeah, you should just be able to click on the right side of the screen to go to the next slide. Roman, you had something to say? Oh, I love the, the early history where the stone labyrinths were created and found, discovered those stone labyrinths, uh, two circle stone labyrinths is super fascinating. And then after that, uh, the, the, the copperware was found from some uh, very early settlers. And, uh, you know, it's time and time again we find we find there's so much mysterious peoples here at the very early, early periods. And so, um, yeah, that, that really caught my eye. What I didn't see, though, was the kind of the exoteric story that I hear over here on the West Coast about Georgia was that it was like a prison state. Yep. And I didn't see that anywhere in there. Um, I, got, I got you right here, man. Oh, sweet. Can you oh, see this? Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that Perfect. timeline you guys were talking about, I mean, literally, we would be here all day if I just listed every, like, there's a lot. So I had to get them, just some of the bulk stuff. Oh, it was perfect. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, um, British occupied until, oh, shoot, I hit the wrong thing. Sorry. Uh, British occupied until 1780, the fourth state to ratify the Constitution in January 2nd, 1788. Okay, British. So the British were they had to change. They then they decided to uh, choose Australia as the penal colony in 1787, when they sent their first ships, uh, first eleven ships in January 20th, 88 to Australia. So they had to like they were going to send them to Georgia. Then uh, you know the whole Declaration of Independence happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they said, "Oh well, Australia." What was two. the and so the main the main thing was the the um the declaration was there any yeah. other strange uh, uh stories or did they keep some prisoners there like secretly or anything like that Let's try let's use this um, Let's see how, let's see if I can sh- new share Cuz that to me you know what would uh Chris the uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Chris, what would help? Oh, there you go. You got it. If you're sharing an individual page, it'll only show that page. Whereas if you click the first option, which is to share your whole screen, it'll show whatever you click to. So just uh, if you want to click it that way, that might help 
uh, make things flow faster. But so the penal colony in Georgia, go ahead, Roman. What were you saying? Oh, uh, this just reminds me of, you know, the, the fun paradigm of the Tartaria realm <laughs> with like, um, the repopulation in certain cities and areas and like the orphan train story, which didn't happen too much later than 1787. I think that was mm. just, just a couple decades later that the orphan trains really started happening from the East coast. And so that's, that's kind of where my mind is at and thinking about, you know, how just the flux of, I, I don't know the number of how many people came into Ellis Island, you know, and I'm sure there was plenty of other entrances, but how many people were entering this new land at this time, uh, you know, all within those couple hundred years, uh, and then, you know, going all these other places. It's, it's just, oh, the coastal towns, man. They have so much history. <laughs> Please continue. Please continue. Yeah, man. I mean, so in 1717 is when the British started this whole debtor slavery uh, or debtor prison thing. Um, the whole seven years. It's estimated that 50,000 British convicts were sent to the Americas. The majority went to Maryland and Virginia. Uh, the colony of Georgia, for example, was first founded by this guy, Oglethorpe. Check that dude out. Um, who originally intended to use the prisoners taken largely from debtor prisons, creating a debtor's colony. And even though they failed, they largely failed the idea of the state uh, being starting as a penal colony persists. So they had the plan, but it never came to fruition. Um, yeah, so that's the answer. So there aren't, I mean, that's how it started, but no penal colony, but it was for Georgia anyway, you know? Um, so, sorry if I could, I don't know where that, okay, here we go. Top, let me see where the entire screen is. Share. Arlon, base. Forgive me, guys. I'm sorry. Is that working? So just the basics of Georgia. And we and I want to hurry up through this and we get to the fun stuff. <laughs> well, let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. I mean, anyone can go to the Georgia Wikipedia page, and I'm sure they will yeah. when they're curious, too. But, yeah, let's get back to your presentation. And, uh, and yeah, where's okay. the fun stuff start? So, yeah, get, you guys can go there. You guys can do that. So now um, – there are, there are two um, big petrocliffs here in Georgia, and they were both made from white quartz. And let me see if I can click on this link here. They're all in the same county. They're dated 100 AD. They're probably way older. Um, so you have Rock Eagle and Rock Hawk. Wow. Also, it kind of looks like a turtle. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't even know what kind of bird it is. Like the official, they say bird, but turtle man could be interesting too. So the rock eagle effigy is mound is next to the oldest Indian mound site in Georgia. Um, 
2,000 years ago. It was, uh, although originally thought to be 5,000 years old. Um, this is one of the, this is, it is one of the only two such Indian effigies known to exist east of the Mississippi River. And the second one is Rock Hawk, which they're actually right next to each other. So the two only effigies like this are in, in Georgia, um, right next to each other. Is there any word there on how they... To be one. Go ahead. There's, there's an identical one, identical in uh, Wisconsin. And it's, it's called the Birdman Mound, and it's made out of white milky quartz just like these. And I know these are both called the Rock and the Eagle Mound, but that's uh, the term the Europeans gave them. To the Native Americans, most likely, you know, these were some symbolics of the Thunderbirds or, or Birdman. And you're probably aware of that after looking at the relics of Etowah. But the fact these are made out of white quartz, like Stone Mountain, you were going to mention, I think is super symbolic. Quartz is that, you know, transmitter, receiver. And these are the bird, the Birdman is a messenger between realms. I think that's what exactly what these white quartz birdmen were, were places to connect between realms. It's super interesting. I should also yeah, point out that it says in the article that uh, some of the rocks are too big, they say, to be uh, uh, pulled to the site, and they were, you know, theorizing how they got them there. Uh, but hey, who knows? Maybe this is a s sort of megalith megalithic construction that is easier to, to dismantle. So maybe there were a lot more of these uh, in the past and because they've di been dismantled, you know, it's just soil grows over, plants grow over. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Do, yeah. do they say how they've dated them at all? Did they find like, you know, typically they'll find like a pottery shard and that's how they date everything or, or like some piece of organic material? Did they say how they, they found the date on this? I mean, 5,000 years is a long time. I think they're just guessing, man. They don't say. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Cool. This is really cool. I mean, yeah. maybe they do, but. No, uh, still interesting nonetheless. <laughs> and it is wild that um, I did see that Wisconsin one. So there's a connection that several thousand years ago, bro. I mean, these people were not what we're told in the, in the, in the school room. You know, these were sophisticated, uh, who knows what was going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, so. Tara, you had something to say? Um, just that Manly P. Hall uh, said that the, the Native Americans would channel the Manitou spirits of the different totems for each clan, and they would like channel that energy to move the... Um, the stones around. Wow. Oh, that could be, yeah, that's, that could be how they uh, move those megalithic rocks. Good point, Tara. Yeah. Come yeah in like and uh, use the energies of the land to, to magnetically move them. And I mean, it's the, the fact that their constituents are quartz really does kind of play a role in magnetics, mm. you know, especially if, if that's what's, you know, part of the ancient physics or ancient well, science was where, yeah, quartz is the piezoelectric uh, rock. It's a, it's the mind rock. We can connect with it consciously. People uh, wouldn't have the internet without it. It's essential to some of the electric components that make what we're doing right now possible. So yeah, quartz is incredibly important. 
Interesting. So these are these are located in Cartersville and uh, and and then in the neighboring county. They're they're not in Cartersville. They're in northern Georgia, okay. uh, in the mountains. Uh, okay. Very I don't cool. What county that was. Um, Oakney National Forest. The Oakney O O K A N E E. Is that O C O N E E? Okay, cool. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Is that the tribes that live there? The Oakney? No, the Creek. The uh, Creek lived here. Uh, well, the Creek are the new school ones. Who, okay. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know who the old G, the OGs are. Okay. Well, yeah, the Cherokee and, were in uh, there too. We're going to connect this to Mexico when it comes to uh, a lot of the artifacts. This whole region is connected to Western Mexico in the artifacts and everything. This is a this is like mind blowing stuff as we keep as we move, man. I'm telling you, dude, it's amazing. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, where was I? Okay, so Stone Mountain. Let's get into it. Uh, one thing about it. Oh gosh, sorry, man. I keep clicking stuff. The granite from this stone from this Stone Mountain has been sent all over the world. It's been used for the stairs of the U.S. Capitol. It's been used for the Panama Canal locks, Fort Knox. Um, Frank Lloyd Wright used it for um, Tokyo's Imperial Hotel, and uh, it survived an earthquake in uh, 1923. It was, um, I don't know why this granite is sent all over the, you know, all over the world. There's also uh, something in India or something they were using it for. It just seems weird to, it just seems like a lot of work, <laughs> you know, that they don't source local granite, you know. So, <clears throat> and um, this mountain is so unique. It's one of the few monoliths in the world. It's not connected to the bedrock. It's separate from the bedrock. We're going to look at pictures of it. Um, it's, they say, the official thing is how was it created was, um, 300 million bajillion years ago, lava was everywhere, and it basically popped up through the bedrock and just kept pouring up and turned into, eventually turned into granite, which is their excuse of how granite, all granite's made, that it um, comes from lava, cooling, etc. I, I don't know if I'm buying that. And then they say, and most granite monoliths are in a mountain range. We're going to look at Stone Mountain. It's literally in a flat plain, just this huge dome, it's one of the few in the world. There's another one, one in the West Coast. There's one in Australia. There's one in like Africa. There's other mon granite monoliths, but they're all parts of mountain ranges, so they're not perfect domes, dude. And uh, so this place is very special. Um, one of the why I was like, what's the weirdest thing about it? One folklore is that it's actually a dragon heart, and they have lichen that grows on it. And lichen only likes old school blood, so. You know what I mean? That's 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 uh, some next level stuff right there, man. Mm. <laughs> just want to throw that in there. There are there are people seriously that that are into that. Yeah, lichen, um, lichen is how I've heard it pronounced, but lichen, sure. Lichen. Okay. Is it well, not? Is it not the same thing as lichen? I I think I think they're both. I don't. Yeah, I yeah, went, they're both the same. I went to, I went to public school. It's program. the same thing. I'm just I'm just you know for the audio listeners they might be like what the hell oh, is yeah, lichen? lichen? 
I think lichen is proper, more proper. Yeah. All right. Well, it, cool. What What are we looking at next here? We got this Stone Mountain Spillway here. Is that you're saying this was made out of uh, the stone from Stone Mountain because of the particular quality of the granite? Well, no. Here we go. So hold on. Let me let me rush through this. It goes eight miles, ten miles down, which is where the bedrock is. The base of the mountain measures. We're gonna look at pictures and stuff. The base of the mountain measures five miles around the base, which is huge. Now. The spillway is they have they built a man-made lake. Okay. Now, what's what's the big deal about this lake? It's a man-made lake because they made this dam um, in 65. And so that made the lake. The problem is there are artifacts and other um, facilities, ancient facilities that are that they covered up in water. This is gonna be a common theme here, by the way. Lots of dams created, lots of whole entire towns of Native Americans underwater right now. So that's just a side note. Um, so let's look at just, uh, it's Wikipedia, but you know what I mean, just to get us some basics here. Wikipedia's um, fine. It's the best place to start. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's made of quartz monzonite. It has, yeah, it's granite, oh man, let me see here. Geology, that's what I was looking 33 for. 33 degrees. <laughs> oh, it's on the 33rd uh, degree parallel as well, just like every other city in um, Egypt uh, pyramids. So, ba 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 ba. Yeah, they talk about how it's created. I'm trying to get, where was I? The minerals. Okay, you got quartz. You got this uh, plagio plagioclass feldspar, microcline, muscovite, biotite, and tourmaline. Tourmaline is mostly black in color. Tourmaline's great. I have tourmaline. Tourmaline's good for uh, absorbing that negative ion ion ionized electricity that comes from your computer, possibly. But and then it yeah, says. Man. That they find uh, skeletal crystals. What's uh, that's an interesting term. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, who even I'm, knows? I'm curious. Uh, did you get into the the? Conf are we going to get into the Confederate side of of the Stone Mountain that con controversy at all? Um. You know, I want to keep it high vibe. I mean, all right. Is, all right. <laughs> there is. Um. This this is the biggest inlay actually. It's a Confederate, um, you know, inlay on the stone. It's the I think one of the largest in the world. Um, the problem I noticed with a lot of the reason why I want to stay away from, from the controversy of bad vibes is because a lot of these. If you Google Stone Mountain, you're going to hear one. It's a it's a top visited um, tourist place, and two, it's got all kinds of racial stuff involved. So I feel like there's a bit of a it takes away from the, the uh, magic of this of this place, you know. Okay. I was I was reading on the uh, the the Venable brothers, who are the ones who owned the quarry at the time that they were selling all of this rock out. They were the ones that are etched onto the uh, the markings there, and the Venable brothers, because you you said the Panama Canal, and I did some history digging on uh, the founding of Florida. And then Henry Flagler, who was John D. Rockefeller's business partner, built the Panama Canal in those later years of his life. 
And then uh, I, I looked up the Venable uh, Rockefeller connection is really quick. And then I found out that there's this huge law firm uh, stationed in Washington, D.C. named the uh, Venable LLC that was started by one of the Venables. And then you start to look and there's all these courts, uh, marshals and, mm. and, and judges that are named Venable. So very interesting. <laughs> Chad, you, you, the sorry, of the, uh, the Ku Klux Klan, because uh, it was part of the people quarrying this. And that's why they felt the urge and necessity to etch themselves onto this rock because they had such a hard on for the fucking just Savage scavengery that they did and took this sacred land away from the people. Right. Chad? Yeah. You raised your hand. Did you have something to add? Actually, I was just stretching, but I do have something to add. Um, I know we want to stay away from the racial undertones, but this is esoteric America, so there is a very American connection we need to make with Stone Mountain, and that's the artist who did the carving. His oh. name is Gutzon Borglum. And Gutzon Borglum is more famous for Mount Rushmore. And he was here oh, doing shit. this prior to going to Mount Rushmore. And what's, I think, kind of synchronistic, b- before all this racial undertone to this mountain, this was a Native American sacred landscape, mm-hmm. highest area around, home to the Thunderbirds, home to the Birdman. I don't know if Gutzon Borglum knew that or not, but one of his other sculptures, when I looked up Gutzon Borglum in front of Virginia University, is a giant sculpture of a birdman. So how that connects, if it's just synchronistic, possibly, but yeah, Virginia University, Gutzon Borglum has a birdman. And, you know, Damn. so I just what if he was covering up a Birdman? Uh, what if he was using this this uh, this quarry to cover up an already existing thing? Because I think on the previous episode, we had looked at like the, the big arrow in the side of the mountain. Right. right? Yeah. The so, last episode we recorded hmm. Inland Empire. Yeah. There's the Arrowhead hmm. Mountain. Yeah. This is interesting for sure. I think there is something to quarries that. They definitely use quarries to hide certain things or flood certain places to get stone out of it and, you know, leave the the water still there. So who knows what they're hiding underneath, you know, the ponds that remain after they quarry. Uh, another thing that I that stood out when they were talking about what constitutes Stone Mountain is these things called xenoliths or xenotites that are like rare minerals that are trapped in lava, and that's a part of uh, Stone Mountain itself. So maybe that's why there's a lot of interest in this mineral because, or the minerals on this mountain, because maybe there's like gold or other things hiding inside of it, or who knows what, right? But it's definitely kind of looks like a skull to me. Like if we go back to the... Are there any stone structures on the mountain itself? Is it just flat? Like, what is the actual surface of the top of the mountain like? I mean, it has some, like, fissures and stuff. Um, Nothing, like, apparent, like, hey, we have actual carvings here. Any cairns, Um, like piles of rocks? No? no. Okay. Just just all, like, quote-unquote natural stuff. There, There are some... Nothing apparent is all, is, is all I can say like that. Um, another interesting thing about the site is the plant life around it is so um, 
healing. There's such like almost like new species of certain plants around there that is like, I think adds to the energetic aspects. The plants, you can literally walk around and pick things and make, if you're an alchemist or whatever, make plants. It's, it's like, um, Roman. It's, it's kind of a unique place when it comes to that. I'm not an expert on that. Roman, so Roman's a tincture brewer. He could go over there and probably find some nice little herbs to brew up in a tincture. That's cool to know. I think, I think there's something to that, you know? I mean, it, I was just in the Serpentine Barrens. Tara and I were there with Michael One, and there was all sorts of different plants in that area. And the, the reason it's called the Serpentine Barrens is because there's a tremendous amount of serpentine in the soil. The mineral is changing the actual Ooh, nice. biome of the of what plants are there. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, who knows? Like maybe there's even water springs that would have run down or through or from this mountain that could have been obscured by the quarrying or maybe just dried up. But yeah, this is certainly so outside of the um, the carving there. Uh, is there any other historical events that took place like for the Native Americans? Is this something that, you know, did they have a, an idea of, of where this fit into their world? Well, supposedly this would be a meeting ground between the Cherokee, which are kind of on the north half of this, and the, um, uh, forgive me, I think the Creek or, some, or another uh, Creek um, um, group that is south of here. But I'm, I'm t I think part of this area, I think this was a lot of unpopulated area for a long period of time, and I think a lot of people started stumbling in here just a few hundred years ago. Um, so there's not a whole lot of that. There is some weird stuff about, uh, a gentleman by the name of King <clears throat> relocated a bunch of bridges from wooden bridges from Athens, Georgia. And one of the bridges here, he re he rebuilt it here. And he also rebuilt another one, which is right down from my house. And it's like, cause they wanted to protect it from floods, but it's like, the energy it took to deconstruct it, transport it, and rebuild it, like an IKEA, like a piece of IKEA furniture, is like really strange to me. That why why can't you just measure it and cut out some more some new wood and, and make it? Now you just take all the bridges out of Athens. It's like what are we doing? Uh, I don't know what to make of that, but that's just a side note. Um, you know, one thing I just think it's just weird. Just look, it's literally in the middle. It's just this huge granite, one single granite block in the middle of nowhere you know what i mean it's just most of this like i said is uh in the rest of the world is like cut it's like part of a mountain range but um i i don't know man that's kind of that's kind of all i have i mean the, yeah there's the last hundred years but right the ancient stuff i don't have any like ancient stuff that's on fine. this. it's still a mystery actually in my opinion yeah, Tara, what did you say, Tara? Go it's ahead. like Ayers Rock in Australia. Mm. I wonder, and you mentioned that the British moved their... Col yeah, the pe the penal colony went from Georgia to Australia. Australia. Look at that. <laughs> Maybe the, the rock has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, or synchronicity, yeah. Esoterically. I mean, like, because it all really comes down to, like, that what they're doing to manipulate the energy fields and whatnot like so i wonder if that has anything to do with it i don't know as she said 
as she said, energy. As she said, energy field. A gust of wind like pulled the door shut. Look at that. That's. I got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Dude, it's an energetic site, what? man. It's just, yeah. uh, you know. We're talking about it being an energetic site. I got a small synchronicity. Um, well, we're talking about this being a dome. And we talk a lot about Capitol Domes on this show. Well, we have the Atlanta Capitol Dome. And I did oh. a lot of research on domes. And almost, almost every dome has a stellar scene or stars or gods or goddesses. But the Atlanta Dome is absolutely different. It is solid, one color, no design, and off-colored white. So when, mm. you, when you're looking up into that dome, to me, it would look identical as if you were standing somehow underneath the Stone Mountain Dome. And we, we talked about previously, uh, could these domes be portals, consciousness portals? Mm-hmm. Could Stone Mountain be the same? So... It's, is it a synchronicity that the state capitals dome is identical to this? It it could be, but it's the only one I've seen without some type of design. It's just an off and painted solid white. You said no, <clears throat> no uh, design or anything. Exactly, exactly. It looks like like you the can manatee enter the stones. Bottom of the stone here is that a thing? Can you enter the mountain? From the yeah. water side, yeah, um, I don't think it's open to the public. Um, maybe if you back, maybe if you back hike there and sneak back there, that's probably where they started doing the quarry. But yes, I, I saw that too. Um, I don't know much about that entry, so there is potential entry into this mm. granite, but it's it's. I, I don't have a well, lot of and, and you know I'm this is. Hiking. I think yeah, Roman, I you're you're kind of taking a material point on it. Like, I think what Chad is talking about is more like a consciousness portal, and and there are legends up here in New England from the Native Americans up here of rocks that will swallow you whole. So what if it's not that like there's an entrance to the rock, rather that you like stand on top of it and your energy is such that you get pulled into it into another dimension that's kind of like. It's like an activation, like you step on it and your frequency tunes it to the right frequency that then opens you into it. And and Tara made the p- connection of the Manitou stone. Well, the Manitou stones were these white, pale white stones that were shaped sort of like human heads and with shoulders and sort of the t- upper torso. And they would find these uh, throughout New England. And one of the theories is maybe that these stones help people uh, put themselves in that sort of consciousness state because they were pretty much like solid quartz stones and very big, like the, the size of a person. Uh, so it would be like staring into a mirror before there were mirrors, you know, because you're looking at a silhouette mm. uh, and maybe on the in the right conditions, it would even be reflective. So... Yeah, this, I mean, it's really cool, Chad, to make that connection in Roman that, like, you know, not to beat you up for that, but I think your instincts well, are no, correct, you know? I totally, I totally, totally dig what you're saying. Attunement is inevitable, I think, when you're have it, walking up on a giant quartz mountain. But legitimately, it looked like, I thought I saw from one side almost like a mushroom plume, like a stem or an entrance underneath where the water was from a picture from above. So and is that I water... was just genuinely curious about like a cavernous entrance to it. Yeah. 
sorts. Is but that I water totally coming from that. underground? Like, is there an underground spring that runs underneath Stone Mountain or maybe a river nope. that connects? No? No, the, this water was not here. They made they made a connection to a nearby river. This oh, okay. was a dry area. And we're told, you know, they did probably their ultrasounds or whatever. Um, supposedly it's solid, straight down. It's just... Down ten, 10 wow. miles, eight, ten miles, eight, nine, ten miles to the bedrock, which is where the bedrock is, and it's not wow. attached to the bedrock. So it's literally this and down. Now, when you mention a cave or something, it's because I think because they actually like made a cave because they were oh, okay. Like, if you scroll, if you scroll up a little bit, I, I show you the picture I saw that I was like, yo, there's, I saw a cave. Because let me tell you guys something, I'm be looking for caves. <laughs> You're a spelunker now. Oh yeah, baby. You're soaking uh, and you're a spelunker. Jeez, Roman, you are. <laughs> hey, Ponce de Leon, it is the fountain of youth. You know, I'm just trying to trying to get well. That's why. And that's this is a good segue to mention that I think the uh, next thing that people can expect from this show uh, is maybe an episode from Chad diving into his local area, Tara and I diving into our local area, and of course Roman before he leaves California and goes to Florida, you'll got to do a little breakdown for us on your area. Uh, so yeah, we, we should do some episodes with uh, the main crew, but, uh, but yeah, that's awesome. I love this. I feel like I just totally changed topics and I didn't mean to, but uh, <laughs> terrible hosting Mark. <laughs> just kidding. That was beautiful. You're great. We should do that. And I, I hope so. I uh, got a guy coming on doing the San Francisco one soon. So uh, <clears throat> I don't got to cover that. We got it. We got it. Anyways, now we're completely sidetracked. Chris, What's the next? take us to going, the next baby? slide. So, brother. So there is synchronicity here and we're going to get there. Okay. There, up in this my area, all so much mountains are porous, and there's been at least twelve of them where they found artifacts. We're talking gold. We're talking just ancient stuff, and we're gonna get into that. And there's unknown. Uh, you know, does it get to you know does it get to uh, hollow earth? I don't know, but if you're gonna get there, I bet you there's a route there from 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 here in Manic. We're, we're, from Georgia. Yeah. All right, you get yeah, the. This, that's what's weird about this one though. This Stone Mountain. I mean. You, you could spend weeks just studying this. I'm telling you, this is a very, like, I know you guys realize this. It's so much, it's a, such a unique, just physical geology thing. It's just there. It's right. a big old rock. You know right. what I mean? It's, it's crazy. Oh, All right. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. All right. Ruby Falls, another fun place. And Roman, I'm going to need your help on this one uh, because. There's a lot here, and I know he did some research here. This is the largest underground waterfall uh, in the United States, completely underground. Um, it was just uncovered uh, just like uh, I think in the 50s. So this is, look, they call it a magic waterfall. I mean, this, this place is crazy, man. Um, it was... And this is lights. part of Lookout Mountain, oh. and on top of Lookout Mountain, we have Rock City. So this this mountain, um, there's a Rock City, which is on top. We'll get into that, which uh, had a whole population city on top of it, uh, indigenous city on top, and you can view like five or six states from here, from this mountain. So wow, 
this uh and you can visit you can visit this um this is know, in this is in georgia yeah man well it's okay so it's in tennessee but the mountain is half tennessee half georgia okay okay look Makes out sense. mountain so i'm claim i'm claiming it i'm claiming it for us here Right on. Well, no, I mean, this is, we don't have to like limit ourselves to Cartersville. This is a, a dive into the region and, and yeah, the energy extends far past the man-made boundaries uh, for sure. Now those colors have got to be like artificial, like it doesn't actually yeah, look yeah. like rubies are lighting yeah, the place. <laughs> that would be beautiful if it, if it was natural. Okay. No, those are, uh, this is a, you can visit here, you know, they have aren't you know, they have these like rails and stuff. I mean it's a it's a very popular tourist place. Uh, it's just so incredible, you know, and they, they don't there's no I don't have any more information for you. I mean there's literally they don't have more information about this the the the, 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 the little bit of digging I did into this area because I love <laughs> subterranean subterranean realms, of course. Like I said, we're always looking for caves, trying to chill in the dark. I'm a Scorpio, so I, I do love to live under rocks. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, so the, the, the founding of this was like an accidental finding by... So kind of talking about the Venable brothers earlier, how they, you know, they, they claimed... Ownership or stake on this huge rock. They're like, nope, this is our rock. You know, our company's got it. Don't worry. You know, we got approval by the feds or the state, whatever. So you got to imagine at a time when mining was at a height and mining was an actual job. That was the early parts of the founding of this country. So there's a lot of people looking for uh, valuable resources as they came and scattered across the new lands. And so that's kind of how Ruby Fowles was founded. Um, was by a um, a guy I can't remember his name, but he was a pretty famous, uh, pretty famous like rock hounder and geologist and cave explorer. So he was exploring all these caves across the country, and then uh, he quarried his way into um, Ruby Falls through an entrance that isn't that they had to create an entrance to this place where we falls from another cave system. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it just kind of paints this picture of really what was happening of the exploration of like of caves and minerals and mining and just trying to find all of these resources to, you know, to, to stake ownership on. And so Ruby falls, I think ever since it got sold in the, uh, the, I think it was like the, the 20th century, then they turned it into like more of an amusement park situation. Uh, but it's like the largest underground waterfall that we have contained in an area. And that's why you see the lights and everything. But, um, I bet Beautiful. if we did do a, a bit dig, uh, deeper of a dive, we could find some, some interesting history oh, on and the, waterfalls the are, and geologist himself. Waterfalls are not, no, uh, are definitely, you know, full of symbolic meaning in many different ways. But, yeah, this is cool, man. So what's next? We got Stone Mountain. We got Ruby Falls. Where else right, are we Rock, heading with Rock this? City, which is on the same mountain, just on the top portion. See, you can see um, seven wow. states, actually. Oh, that's epic. Yeah, man. So, and they had a city on now. Um, the guy that bought this, I don't think, was it the same guy, uh, Roman? I might need your help, my friend, because uh, 
they turned this into an amusement park too, like a you know, like a Disneyland kind of thing. Huh. Um, so this is facing the east. That that uh, so. Where, yeah. again, this is in that same area where Ruby Falls is. It's right in that kind of like border area of Georgia and Tennessee near Chattanooga, it seems yep. like. Okay, exactly. cool. Yep. It's like Tennessee. It's kind of like, like central to central, pretty central to the south. Like this is right in the heart of the south. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think the similar story um, of a guy who bought this is similar to what uh, Roman was saying about um the Ruby. Here we go. This is what I was looking for. Thank you, Lord. This is an old, um, oh gosh. Like a theme park map. It's like a theme park map. They have, they have this like fairyland Eric fairyland cave. But, um, I wonder if I bring this up. What'll happen? I'm gonna make it larger. So this is, I believe, yeah, Rock City. Okay, historic postcard. So, you know, this is a whole theme park on top of here, but they also say this was a city. Minus this, they have a drawing somewhere of this was an ancient city. Um, it just there's a lot of going on here too. There's a lot of history here. Gnome Overpass. Then if we get into like Fairyland Cave, which they drew a bunch of Disney World stuff on it, um, on the inside of this cave, but there's a lot of, um, there's like stories of moon people, there's stories or moon-eyed people um, from subterranean locations. There's, um, which by the way, the moon. I ask anyone in Georgia, have they heard of moon-eyed people? They say, yeah, for sure. So evidently, the story goes. Rock City, Moon-Eyed people lived there. Cherokee came, beat them back, and they they retreated into the ground. They retreated into the cave system. Really? Yeah. Damn, that's a is... well-known. That's a well-known thing around here. Wow. Um, yeah, that's like what they say in Kentucky. The Kentucky goblins, or, or whatever, they came out of the cave. So the moon-eyed people, any other descriptions of these beings besides having moon-shaped uh, moon eyes? Were they humanoid-looking, like and they humanoid, just had moon-shaped eyes? You know, the official thing is they have the moon because they have big eyes because they live underground and need to see with, you know, big old eyes. Right, eyeballs. right, right. Yeah, it made me think of the Moonies, which is like a weird cult, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so and then they have like fairy. There are a lot of... So Rock City, it's named Rock City, I'm guessing, seeing this field there because of all of the, uh, like, field stones that are all over the place, and I guess they've yeah. turned uh, those into some structures here that people are now able to come and hang out on. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, these, like these for example, because this was there when, in, when the people got here. Right. These, these rocks, like... The guy who bought the, I'm sure he put in the, you know, the metal rails and stuff. These rocks were here when he bought the property. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have all this. So and it's really unknown. All all we can go by is that the Cherokee took it over. They lived on top of it for a while, hmm. right? And uh, the Cherokee has their own. Um, here you go, Fairyland Cavern. So for now the they, listening audience, we're looking at like what is looking like mortared stone because it's it, it's. A bridge. I mean, you can 
you can pile stone and make stone walls, but you can't like just place stones in a way to create a bridge that would support people. I mean, unless I'm, my eyes are being deceived, but that looks like an arcway that's like clearly mason. There must be something uh, holding like a mortar holding those stones together, or maybe, you know, it's, it's megalithic and they're just kind of big and placed in that way. But either way, this is, uh, yeah, out of place for sure. I mean, the, the traditional mainstream approach would be like, oh, no, the natives, they didn't have mortar. They didn't use that kind of stuff. They didn't build stone Arches. structures like that. Yeah. But that's uh, clearly incorrect here because who, unless we're dealing with, you know, Tartaria or an ancient civilization, my mind always goes to, like, how did the natives interact with this? But apparently the Cherokee just kind of found it too which the Cherokee are an interesting group. They have a lot of strange things going on with them, but, uh, wow. And how high up is that? Cause that's like no small feat to go and build that archway over, uh, uh, very high heights like that. Right. I mean, look at that. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's lookout mountain. So I don't know. Um, Oh, wait, I, sorry. There's there's a few rock cities out there in the country. Sorry about that. Um, and there's the Lover's Leap again, folks. We got the Lover's Leap. Didn't we talk about that last episode, the Lover's Leap? Yeah, look at this. I think there's a legend of, um, there's a legend here on this Lover's Leap, which, by the way, this has ties to Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet. Supposedly a, well, actually, no, wait. Forgive me, I'm talking about another mountain in Georgia where they had this. Sorry. Forgive me. That's all right. There's another yeah. lover's leap story in another mountain elsewhere in Georgia. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah they're all over the place. These <laughs> places uh, get this sort of reputation. But, yeah, and the other thing that stands out is those stones in the field there, like up in New England, there's stones like that that are carved into shapes, different shapes, like uh, animal heads. So maybe there was some of that going on and it's been obscured well, this is rock city kansas so there's there's a lot in the okay in every, yeah so okay we're looking at oh uh, okay i'm sorry yeah that's i have i have a little bit more of the of the dig that i did I, I was able to find this article that i found on kind of the guy who founded both rock city lookout mountain and ruby falls so um he was actually a chemist and a cave enthusiast and his name was leo lambert which I thought was kind of funny in the sense of like thinking about alchemical terms and the green lion is in fact, you know, a very uh, significant alchemical term, you know, uh, symbolically speaking. So the fact that he was famously a chemist is pretty interesting, but he actually um, was kind of like the guy who ran this whole area and he, him and his wife, the story is, is that it's called Ruby. His wife's name was Ruby. Um, and so they scrambled through this very claustrophobic cave as they're scrambling through a mountainside on what you guys see is Lookout Mountain here. And then they found themselves inside of an opening in the cave, thus where the waterfall was. And then that's when he named it Ruby after his wife because his wife made it down. It took them six hours, they said, to go to the claustrophobic cave. And so there's kind of some really interesting points about the story. You know, Leo and Ruby, uh, you know, uh, what a great couple, right? O owning this very important piece oh, wow. of Georgian history here. And 
Um, yeah, I mean, Ruby is in fact, you know, a, a high geological constituent, right? You know, so I don't know. It's pretty cool. Um, there's, there's, there's not a lot of history I was able to find on them too, especially as we talk. I'm not good at like looking things up and chatting and listening all the same time. <laughs> Can only do so much, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Leo Lambert was the guy, um, who apparently founded this place, uh, in the early days of the American, uh, American stronghold of this area. So that's what I got for that. Yeah. And the original builders of this, uh, it's a mystery guys. I, I don't know. And uh, if you look into it, no one really knows. Sure. There's speculation. They'll just give you a generic answer saying, you know, they'll just give you some generic answer, but they don't know either. You know? Mm. And, and yeah. there's, is there any folklore about it? Like from the native Americans or maybe the first settlers? Uh, I mean, the, the only the main one the Cherokees said about they were the ones that said they got into a battle with the Moonite people. That's one, and then there's just random, um, just kind of local ones that you don't know if it's real or not, but talk about seeing like fairies and things of that nature, which I don't discount by the way. I'm just saying, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of little stories about this this area. Gnomes are a thing. Is there any stories that connect to the other world? That is the other world, fairies, gnomes. Yeah, and if, if you go, I, I hike these areas. I'm an I'm a avid hiker. I can tell you that these different portions, even different portions of the forest, they do have their own kind of energy. I, I just call them personalities because I, I actually, like, I communicate with, with the forest. You know what I mean? Um, I do my best. I, I at least it. introduce myself, and I actually get really different vibes from different parts of. Um, I don't like see a fairy or anything, but I feel different vibes. Um, you know, that's all I have. I mean, that's all I really have. Well, there's what's a lot on, of unknown what, here, guys. I'm I'm sorry. There's no, 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 no. Hey, hey, <laughs> it's all good, dude. That's that's what the show's about because people listening are going to hear that. And they don't want all the mysteries to be solved because then there's no fun. I mean, the, the point of the show is to show people where the mysteries are so they can get involved. So what do we got next? We've taken a, yeah. a lot of time checking out Rock City, Ruby Falls. Romy's over there making connections. What do we got uh, next? All right, now let's go into the fun, to my, my backyard here, man. Um, and I, I said my disclaimer before I started was I'm going to have more create more questions with this show than answer so yeah uh we love questions <laughs> and this is a beautiful site man bartow dig um when it comes to this stuff let me see if i can increase this okay this is one of the oldest this leak site now here let me just show you this Etowa river which we're going to deal with these mounds were destroyed by the way to build this road we do have pictures from the 40s of the mounds before the um, before they were destroyed. But one, two, three, and this is like less than a mile from the other, the Etowa Mounds, all in the same river. This river um, complex, and we'll get into that uh, later as well, the, the early um, Europeans found that through the Mississippi, you can get through all these rivers, you have access to the Gulf of Mexico. You have access to the Atlantic Ocean through this whole river system. And we'll show the maps of the river system. But for the leak site, leak mounds, um, 
occupation uh, approximately 300 BC until 650 AD. Um, let's see. Sorry, I'm just going through this. Give me a second. This this has a lot of good info. Here's some pictures of uh, 1943 aerial pictures. River. Here's the mounds. Ditch. Um, so we're looking at an aerial photo. There's three mounds. They kind of are in like yeah. a triangle formation, like a very sharp triangle. Yep. Right on the river. And they, they um, are one of the oldest mounds in potentially the U.S., but definitely in Georgia. 300 BC and some say even older like some say this is like 5,000 plus years old these mounds they're destroyed uh, and you can look at the soil comfort um, the soil profile if you see this really dark stuff underneath I mean this is kind of reminiscent of a lot of just you guys know any type of like pyramids or anything there's always like some it's like there's newer stuff put on top of old stuff you know Uh, give me a second here, guys. Uh, we identified pottery from the Gulf Coast, from Alabama, from uh, small fragments of copper that derived from the Great Lakes region. Um, There's that Wisconsin connection again. Yeah. Yep. Look at these. Uh, we're going to look at a lot of this complex um pictures on on the pottery and uh that gets to mexico it gets to like really prehistoric uh times um of course uh these these flint what are they they're like pottery again uh figurines quartz crystals copper all the minerals here Sorry, I should I should have took notes. <laughs> I do have notes, but uh, uh bah, 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 bah. Well, we well, we can actually get back to this uh, site, but we have okay. Here we go, Lad's Cave, which they found, um, Lad's Mountain. They have Shaw Mounds as well, which is all in the same site, mind you. And here's the Leak Mounds. Shaw Mounds are destroyed. Indian Fort, which is on top of this mountain, is destroyed. Lad's Cave has prehistoric animals to include even jaguars. So jaguars were in this area. So let me just back up. Uh, this says sometime the um, it was abandoned in 650 A.D., um, this kind of goes into, in my opinion, some big cataclysm built into the built into the matrix uh, at some point where people just disappear. Um, let's see, found in the cave, like I said, there's like animal fossils, human bones, stones. Um, hang on, guys, forgive me. Here's a, here's a picture of Indian Fort. It was dismantled, unfortunately. Here's a bit of a drawing about Indian Fort on top of this hill in uh, 1883. 
Um, Shaw Mound, which again is destroyed. It's a stone burial mound at the foot of Ladd's Mountain. Ladd is an interesting person too. Uh, you know, he bought this place to be a, you know, um, a, uh, a miner, you know, or a stone person. <clears throat> you have, they found one individual with copper, um, including a Celt axe, breastplates. What's this photograph right there? The 1936 photograph of Shaw Mound in the midst of a cornfield. Oh, okay, that was corn. I thought that was people. Yeah, this is uh, really interesting. Yeah. So Lad's Cave is where they found all these artifacts, and this is known as the Leak Site. It's next to these mounds. So this is all on the Etowah River as well, right? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And the Etowah River, so has uh, here's a here's some of the river uh, kind of depictions you can get all around here. These connect. You can get from here's the Atlantic, here's the Gulf of Mexico, here's the Mississippi. I mean, you can travel all around here. I like these. You know, these arrows also, I think, kind of easily show ways of travel. So there's there's no reason why anyone was – they were all communicating with each other. This There was a complex system at some point um, using these uh, waterways easily, and, and that's found in a lot of the artifacts here. Um, the Etowah Mounds are actually uh, – they're two miles upstream. They're supposed to be a little younger than the leak site. Um, yeah, and here's the, some of the cave, you know, the geological formation of Lad's Cave. It's not open to the public. Pardon did, me. Uh, did I miss who Lad is? Did, did we get into the character no. of Lad? Because in, Lad... Por in Portland, there's this weird little tiny place where it's like its own subject of streets. That's very confusing, but it's called Lad's Edition. And it's just L-A-D-D apostrophe S addition. And it's like a circle, a circular part of streets that makes this like very strange circle of, um, of houses and everything in Portland. And it just kind of throws off all the other streets. And so I was wondering who this lad character is. Yeah, he bought the mountain. He's still there. His name's all, all around here as well. Um, they, I think they stopped mining. Um, that cave is interesting. That cave, like I said, they found things like jaguar. They found things like giant sloths, bones, et cetera, and all kinds of other, um, bear, you know, people. Do they so have any? I, do they have any idea which group of people made these mounds? Who was buried inside of them? Whose artifacts they were? No, but when we get to the connection, when we get to Etowah, it just literally shows Mexican style Aztec Mayan type of. Um, uh, you know, Birdman and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, but here, here's an here's an interesting. So there was a gold rush here as well. Um, a lot of people thought that come come to Georgia, there was a big time gold rush. But in all these caves, in twelve of these caves, they have, um, uh, like I said, the mad rushes for gold they found skeletons beads copper earrings copper breastplates four leg clay pots and all just all kinds of stuff in here in these caves this is just one cave there's 12 of them all around this region um 
And also that lad's cave was, is, like I said, it was porous. Let me see if I can get to, you know, there's there's just gold and all kinds of constant artifacts in all these caves. Human remains. Uh, to, we were mentioned the copper. Yeah, and, uh, the copper uh, the copper earrings are pretty normal, but the copper breastplates, that's something mm. you don't hear a lot about Native Americans wearing copper breastplates. Um, I've heard some other examples of that where also copper breastplates and copper crowns were found together. Mm. Mm-hmm. And many times these are in correspondence with so-called giant finds. Mm. Uh, are there any legends of giants in this area? No, not that I know of. Nope. Maybe the uh, Cherokee. It seems the Cherokee are the are the like holders of you know what happened in the past outside of physical artifacts. I know I don't know of any like. I mean, I don't think they're going to tell us if they find actual giant um, you know remains, but I have I'm not aware of any stories of um, of the of giants. The I, only I have no story, doubt. The only part I know I've heard that's like close to Georgia is this pretty out there story of this guy who went to um, Jekyll Island, which, uh, you know, I know we're not talking about that, but it is close to this area. And there is like this supposed famous painting of these um, giant indigenous peoples that were doing some sort of like ritual ceremony but it was also with Europeans. So like the depiction of this painting is like this ceremony or ritual. And there's like very clearly Europeans with these other giant people. And that's, um, there's this pretty, oh man, I'm going to blank his name, but he's got a, a, a lot of videos on YouTube. He does like a bunch of like esoteric dives into some strange stuff. So, I mean, there's, there's that you know, potential uh, giant connection to the Georgia area of the Jekyll Island stuff. Uh, But, you know, if giants are in one place, why wouldn't they be in another? Right. Can we get to Cartersville? I have a couple of giant stories for you guys. Oh, Oh, nice. There you go. There you go. Well, let's get, let's get to it. What do we have? uh, (laughs) We have next. This is just, this is just some, uh, we'll go quick hits on this. Just more mounds. Of across um, Georgia specifically, here's the Lamar. Like I said, the you have the ones in Macon that are pretty darn incredible. You have the in Macon, Georgia. Um, they have really large uh, old school mounds. You have other mounds in Kolomoki Mounds. Um, it, it borders. It's down by Columbus, Georgia. It borders Alabama. I'm just going to do some quick, some quick hits here. This is the ones in, um, in Macon, Georgia. There's just mounds everywhere, man. It's just, it's, it's wild, dude. So I'd be uh, golfing down there. And that's the Okmulgee Mounds National Historic Park in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. That's really cool. Huh. Yeah. So, and this shows um, evidence of the, this is Wikipedia. So, you know. Evidence of 17,000 years human habitation. Uh, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna go through this real quick. Um, here's a Lamar, or a, that was the Lamar mounds, which are the only spiral round mounds in the country, I believe. Uh, bah, 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 bah. 
let me just try. I'm just going to push push through this here. You know, these uh, spiral mounds. It's just spirals all the way up. Um, very rare. So they, this is potentially like a really old. So Lamar mounds. I have a cousin uh, named Lamar. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that Macon mounds, uh, largest archaeological dig in American history when they when they dug this out back in the 30s. Um, so they were they were really excavating that. I mean, hundreds of thousands of artifacts like pottery, shards, metals, arrowheads, you know, just all kinds of uh, stuff out here. Um, Twelve thousand BC. You know what I mean. This this is a really old old site. Um, but I want to get to the Edwin Mounds. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here we go with the Edwin Mounds. Oh, by the way, last but not least. Just a list of mounds all over, a lot of them in Georgia. This is just a list. If you guys want to check this site out, just look for uh, ancient Native American mound list. And this is just a list of these. These statues are from Etowah, but we'll get into that. So, God, that's, that's in Illinois. But if you get go to this list, you'll see a lot of these on um, from Georgia and all over. So. Right on, and that's iCatchShadows.com slash list hyphen of hyphen ancient hyphen native hyphen American <laughs> hyphen mound hyphen sites. So type that in. Yeah. I, the link will be in the description uh, yeah. for the podcast listeners. And a lot, yeah, and a lot of this is, like I said, it's submerged under lakes, man. Um, mm-hmm. So let me get moving, guys. I, this, is where I, I, this is where the really good stuff is here. And while we're here, can I show my, I'm going to show my personal pictures, if I may. Cool, can yeah. Can you see this? Can you see these? Can you see the pictures? No. We can see the Wikipedia page. Okay. Oh, man. So, how do I share this? Oh, uh, let me see. I don't know how to share my pictures. Let me see. New share. Oh, here we go. I apologize. I apologize. So, can you see these? Yes. Okay. So these are the Etowah Mounds. These are my personal pictures from last week. This is the big one. Now, I don't know if you can see this little tiny white spot. That's a guy right there. That's a dude. And we'll zero in on on that. Here's this guy right here, just to give context to the size of these mounds. These stairs you'll see are, we'll show you pictures, not the wooden stairs. These stairs are built into it like as if like an Aztec type um um, pyramid. These are basically pyramids without the top, in my opinion. Wow. Right Here's on. a smaller mound. I'm going to go on top it. There's another side of the mound. I just went around all sides. Maybe that's what the capstone on the back of the dollar bill is really supposed to be representing. 
Totally. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. This is the river. So this is the Etowah River. They have petroglyphs in the river, all along the river that are like what they call prehistoric. They're called fish wires. W-E-I-R-S. Weirs. Fish weirs. <laughs> yeah, it's like a type of uh, ancient way to catch fish. Like you funnel them into a certain area. They have them in the Susquehanna River. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they also have them in another place that's associated with giants as well. See, that's what they're told, Mark, is there for the fish thing. And yeah, that makes practical sense. But what I don't know, maybe it was, it was for something else. Like maybe the water was a little different, or and maybe it was just kind of a way to to make water go. So I don't know. You know, I, I, my mind is always open to, uh, you know, the alternative. <laughs> oh yeah, and if people want to look it up, they can look up eel weir. I think is what you'll have to search to find more info about those things. But yeah, it's it's like one of those megaliths that you would just never notice because they're just underwater. You know, unless the river goes dry for a bit you know there's less rain or something you wouldn't notice that yeah so they, they talked a little bit about one, one of those in uh anderson indiana oh yeah with thomas oh yeah and there's legend of giants there too and they had one that was thing. the place i was thinking of thank you chad look at that wow so what we're told is that they built these awesome mounds that are you know at least a mainstream a thousand years old just for mainstream and then we're told that and these stairs built into them these physical stairs built in and then we're told they just put thatch huts on top like come on you know what i mean there's no way <laughs> there's no way dude this yeah is, like, know, that's that's an easy excuse for you know like it kind of being like that's what maybe you would put on if you found this mound and you inhabited it afterwards, but that's not what you would originally build, yeah. you know. So that that's that's hilarious, but also very interesting. So this is me looking east, on top of the main mound, and then here's just a depiction of this guy, you know, on top. So this is where the sun rises right here, and uh, this guy kind of drawing on top. So this is my picture, you know. I think the sun comes up around here somewhere. And then towards the west, we have a beautiful coal plant. Lovely. <laughs> right on the Etowah River as well. And these energy plants are always in proximity to these sacred sites. I mean, this is a reoccurring theme for sure. Our first episode started with a similar theme. Oh, and if I might add, you know, th this site is built on the cardinal directions. It is built directly north-south-east-west. Yeah magnetically aligned wow that's awesome totally and just in 2005 they did penetrating radar they haven't excavated this main um structure because they said they didn't find anything but they ex excavated the other ones and found all kinds of stuff and we're, we're going to look at their artifacts that's mound uh, b to the left so on top i'm on top of mound a the big one that's mound b and you can see the river kind of right behind that tree line Here's Mound C, the smaller one. And they said that, so they said the mound that I'm on is actually like a hexagon as, as opposed to a square. It's like, um, it's got like six sides evidently from what they say. Have you seen that so, before, Chad? A six-sided uh, mound? 
Yeah, I mean, that's So this pot is supposedly 8,000 to 1,000 BC. 8,000 to 1,000 BC. It was found during uh, when they were plowing a field. So this is a soapstone, late archaic, 8,000 to 1,000 BC. And by the way, when you're doing math, I mean, you just gave yourself 7,000 years of leeway right there. You know what I mean? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like these guys are so not professional, in my opinion. They, just, uh, you know, sometime so, within that huge area window of time, it was found. Well, soapstone sure, is is definitely a very important uh, material for many different groups of you know indigenous Americans, and yeah, wow, very interesting. And they found this plowing a field. I mean, this is pre. This is long time ago. Right. Um. This is one of the oldest ones that I saw in these artifacts. Now, here, here's some maps. I, I was just trying to get zoomed in pictures. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's a guy. This guy's a chief. I just wanted to show some of the drawings of these people. These are official um, paintings, 1836. Uh, it was drawn and printed and colored by, you know, I, I'm not sure, published. This is actually in the artifacts. This is, they like, um, what do you call it? Put this in like the government art, uh, entered in the Congress. You know, it's in the Congress somewhere. Um, and it's dated. So they drew the, these are like official drawings of some of the local Cherokees. Um, here's another chief. I'm just going to show you these pictures. Yo, holo, Miko. The pictures are uh, very zoomed in. We're only seeing the uh, we're only seeing the name at the bottom. So, uh, but that okay. yeah, we could see that. But uh, okay. right now, okay. So these are the Etowa Mounds. Anything strange found in this area? Any weird experiences reported in this area? Um, I mean, I'm just going on history. I mean, I don't really know of any too much on that these are just energetic sites you know right um, now this is directly south of cartersville georgia here this is in cartersville georgia <laughs> oh, okay cool cool yeah. so and anybody's uh, able to go in and and walk around it's not like a pay to get in type thing uh you know it costs like like six or seven dollars okay yeah, so I was just wanted to share. I'm just trying to go through these. This is a map of. I had to zero. That's why I was zeroing in. This is from London. This is a map. Uh, let me forgive me to zoom in real quick to get the dates on this, but you know, sorry, this is like. Oh, forgive me. I just. Army engineers somewhere in the early 1800s. Sorry, but they drew this uh, these waterways. The War Department. Here's another map of the Cherokee waterway scenario here. Um, I'm just going to go through this. I was just taking these pictures. I'll just uh, push through this. Um, just more river connections. I like what you were bringing up earlier uh, about the waterways and, and that it is really a really, really, really important part to try to factor into our understanding of the ancient like pre-Columbian ways of travel because 
on Rising from the Ashes, we were talking, you know, we did a whole uh, pre-Columbian couple of months dedicated to pre-Columbian history of America. And there's, you know, all this evidence of like, um, you know, people in, in Ohio receiving goods from down in Mexico or in the southern part of Mexico. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense that, that you would connect the rivers and, and use the Mississippi for that. And I, I think that sister, it is really important, uh, uh, a part of history and, and uh, it explains a lot about the mounds and, and the area by the Mississippi and why it has so much relevance and importance with these structures. Yeah, I well mean, absolutely. So that's why, so this, this was in 1760 by the British, by the British and sent to London. So I had, you know, I had to like z- get really close to even for my own eyes to uh, see this. So, I was just sharing, um, you know, kind of what you were just talking about, Roman, because I, I find that important. It helps me um, helps me figure figure that out as well. Um, let me see. It was the okay, the creeks. I'm sorry. This is just some history of oh that guy. Okay, so I, I skipped past him. Okay, so this guy, there's a story of, of this this guy, Tumlin. He passed away, and he they had a grave, a tombstone. And they said that his image would appear on the tombstone. So it spooked the family. They threw the tombstone away, made another tombstone. His image appears again. They did this like five, six, seven times, man. And his image kept appearing on this tombstone. Really? What was this tombstone just, made out of? Just, re- I don't know, just, you know, regular, like, tombs, like... Stone Mountain. Stone <laughs> Mountain? Yeah, man. Yeah. And this is hey, one that, of those... Yeah. I was just saying, that's a, kind of funny. There's another Henry Flagler connection here. Uh, after he passed away in his, like, ceremony, they said that his face appeared in one of the tiles on the floor of the Ponce de Leon in this hotel. Ooh. So I wonder if that's a reoccurring theme to kind of like see spirits encar- engrave themselves on stone. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that's been talked about in many different cultures. I mean, probably the most famous would be uh, the, what is it, the apparition of the Virgin Mary appearing uh, in certain places, and the Vatican always takes a, you know, big press crew over and films it but uh yeah it's interesting so this guy tumlin he died at the beginning of the trail of tears right when his family would be taken to oklahoma is that no he was a rich guy no he was like a rich like a rich, oh you know, okay dude oh so he's Just like he's he is exactly like flagler i'm sorry roman i wasn't listening Okay, right on. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know that part. I was just uh, mentioning, I don't really know too much about apparitions in stone from spirit. But, um, yeah, if they were both associated with some sort of, like, oil barons or, or, or rich ceremonial mm. things, because Flagler was known for, you know, his wife were all spiritualist, um, and they built, like, psychomantiums in their hotels and were doing mm. legit seances and rituals because... Let us not forget, up until World War II, spiritualism 
um, and clairvoyancy and mediumship was incredibly prominent. Uh, oh yeah, nobody's forgotten. We all you know, remember Ouija boards. Spiritualism. We, we all have seen a Ouija board, but yeah, for sure. Well, all right, I'm I'm excited. I know we don't have much time, but I'm excited to hear what Chad has in store about these giants. So uh, before we get to that, is there anything you want to, you know, any? Thing that you're really excited to show so you don't want to leave out because you know obviously you yeah. prepared a lot we're not going to be able to get to all of it bird dog but uh yeah. but yeah before we get to chad's giant story um what do you got yeah and i, I apologize for that but no like don't said, don't apologize there's so through. much <laughs> info that it's hard to sift through and you know we you definitely want to revisit yeah you've been doing great man and and we definitely want to revisit this area too so you know, definitely, you know, don't go and throw all this research out afterwards. We might have to come back and do a part two for sure. So, so yeah, what are we looking at here? Is this like a depiction of like the Aztec ball? Like they would play these ball games? Yeah. Wow. And there's so much about it. So, um, and so I'll go real fast. Boom. We, this is all normal. These solar crosses are normal uh, all over here, right? And they're all over the world, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you have exactly what you you just described totally you know this is like totally aztec style western uh mexican which these people even this this museum even says tied to western mexico so you're talking about a very large at some point you know yeah. communication <laughs> you know what i'm saying so yeah i'm just gonna look at this this kind of has a serpent thing you know they have the whole bird man thing Birdman, serpent. So, um, this, this, you know, it's just this wheel and all the, you know, the cardinal directions. Yeah, wow. And a lot of Ouroboro kind of vibes going on too. Yeah. So uh, a rattler, you know, copper rattler with shell teeth, just for their rituals. Here's here's another like just interesting kind of. Huh. You know, wow. The four winds, copper plate. Oh, the cross is a symbol of the Great Medicine Society, and I think it was mm. the Medawiwin tribes that um, set up the Etowah Mounds. If I got that right, I don't know. Wow. And that was the yeah the Great Medicine Society who are also they settled up near the Great Lakes regions and mm. Canada and Northeast up here. So, yeah, they probably brought that down there and was connected all throughout, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Bird. 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 So, they have, um, so they have another uh, uh, legend is there's some weird. So they have legends of pre-floods, of course. They also have a legend of this huge bird that's like stuck in the mud it's like the this like this giant bird stuck in the mud and it's like trying to figure out a place to go so that's a that's another like ancient cherokee legend um so you know a lot of designs on these type you know a lot of similar designs they also very popular is that circle design you know the that circle design uh that you see everywhere um, this, you know, 
I just, just want to go quick hits here. <laughs> Grings, right? Mm. You know, like the other mounds are set up that way, and that's symbol for Atlantis and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'll, I'll end it there. I mean, um... right on. Yeah. That oh, was... oh, last, last but not what, least. Hold on, I got one more. They found. Um, all these crosses, uh, blah, 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 blah. it's natural. Can you guys see this w- one screen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're looking at it. Is it say miscellaneous at the top? Yes, yes. Okay. So, so they find these stones. These stones are supposed to be, they're natural. No one's carving these. And they are called... Uh, Starlights. Yeah. Star, yeah. Starlight. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Wow, I've, I've never seen that. Nobody carved that? No one carved it. If you look up starlights, there, there, there's a lot of similar ones. Oh, Evidently, yeah. they're all over the ground. You can literally just dig up some ground and just and just find them in, in the ground. Wow! You could buy That's those. Got to be some sort of magnetic pole or something. Or what? What? What are the constituents of this rock? You could buy them at crystal shops. I've seen them before. I just never paid any attention. I regret it. But yeah, there's a lot of crystals that form in, uh, you know in these really, really intricate geometric patterns. And then there are some that form in very simple patterns. And the simple ones are more striking because they end up being like, like this, where it's like a giant shape. It's all one, you know, face. It's not like bumpy or rocky or, or, you know, or globular like most stones. It seems like it would have to be like, it looks like it was ran through a lapidary of some sort, no. some sort of lapidary process. No, that's you know, just but. crystals, how they grow, brother. That's how they grow against the, there's other stronger pressures and that like crystal seed, that pattern has to come out in that geometric way because it's just built into the crystals pattern itself. And that, that's even, it could change like crystals evolve their their energy pattern evolves over time. So, yeah, it is interesting. It is interesting that they they, um, they have the Cherokees have it as like a weeping stone, right? But then obviously the Christians saw it and they're like, "Whoa, this is a cross, Christian cross." And then the the yeah. in in Ireland they have them and they call them like fairy stones. So, yeah, it kind of reaches all corners, which is interesting because we started talking about how there is a possible connection between uh, what was it, the first site we talked about and the structures out in the UK. Am I getting that right? So, wow. And this is a Masonic Uh, temple, the Cherokee Lodge. Last but not least, yeah. This is just a town in Rome, right down the street from here, on the Etowah. This is just a random, just show you, hey, this is also around here too. <laughs> wow. You know, what's funny. It's kind of a little bit of a stretch, but I went, I misread Creek earlier when we were talking about the Creek tribes and I thought it said Greek. So I said Greek tribes and I was like, Oh shit. And to touch it back on, um, Rick Osman, the, the guy I brought up earlier in the show, that's just a, a great guy, author of gate, uh, caves of the golden bear. Um, he, he brings up a lot in his book that there were ancient Romans here, uh, that were, uh, along the Ohio river Valley. And then, so you have, and like I said, this is a stretch. This is completely, <laughs> completely a stretch, but, um, <clears throat> you have Rome, Georgia, 
right? City of Rome in Georgia. And then you have the Creek uh, uh, natives, the native tribe Creek, but it's in Georgia. So if you were to take the G, replace it with the C, you know, you got the Greek tribes in Rome, and it's kind of weird. I don't know. And Athens, Atlanta, there's all kinds of Greek. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And so that's that's funny because my first thing I saw when I saw that I was like, Greek tribes. I was like, oh, no, it says Creek, and you kept saying Creek. Mm, Memphis, creek. too. We were talking about Tennessee. Memphis was in Greece. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's pretty fascinating. Um, and, and one more thing, too, I wanted to bring up is the stones because it was – blew my mind I, I mean like obviously i know crystals have an amazing structure and, and how they grow but i've still never seen anything that intricately and it is a simple design but that is what's what's really cool about it and you said that they came up in ireland or something where it was like and on some fair some fairy lands and that's always high electromagnetic area so i'm wondering you know if that shape is representative of like some sort of vortex or something and maybe that means you're close to there's some similar electromagnetic situation happening on the earth there and it's representative dude. of a vortex or something like that dude it's like natural geopolymers like the ground itself is just like it's like natural geopol that ground yeah you're right man and and it's the cross so yeah. the cross in the Native American culture is the um, the four winds of four directions. And then that that represents like the, the spiral pattern of which ah. the spirit comes into the body and ah. the yeah. physical realm. Well, it's fascinating. That's uh, like just thinking about four directions, if they were to collaborate in one and create that centrifugal type of energy, like you're saying, and start spinning... That just it's like what are the four what what is when you have all four and you create the one, do you create the ether at that point? Do you create the magnetism because you have all four connecting at that one space? Become it or we are it naturally, right? Mm. It, so um yeah, I don't know. Say what do you mean exactly? So, like, with the stone, like, all comes together to uh, the, the the four forces that be all spiral together to create, like, this stone, for example. Yeah. Then yeah, you, can light your, you can light your candle using qigong when you have all four. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens, Rob. <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. Right on. Well, I want to get to Chad's story. We're almost running out of time. Chad, you said you had something cool to tell us about Cartersville. Go for it. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll just tell you a quick legend and then a sighting report. Uh, legend, when we keep seeing this bird man, the gorgeous we just seen, he actually, in some cases, in this one in particular, he has a name, and he is a cultural hero by the name of Redhorn. And the legend goes that Redhorn is one of the five sons of the Earthmaker. And Earthmaker sent down Redhorn to help protect humanity and to battle the giants. And in one story, it goes that Redhorn, well, he's part giant and part birdman. That's why you see the pictures of him as a birdman all the time. And the one lock of hair you always see, that's why he's called Redhorn. 
Well, the story goes Redhorn played a game of lacrosse against the Giants. And whoever would win the game of lacrosse between the Birdman and the Giants would be sacrificed. Well, in this particular game, the star player for the Giants was a giantress by the name of Pretty Woman. Large giantress with red hair. And the story goes that Redhorn's team ended up defeating Pretty Woman's Giants team. But instead of sacrificing Pretty Woman, he fell in love with Pretty Woman and they got married and had babies. So we have Redhorn the Birdman having babies with the giantress, which to me sounds very Nephilimish, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I make this point because when we see these museums portraying the Birdman consistently, it's a direct link to possible giants. So that being said, I just want to read a old newspaper clipping from Etowah Mounds from the 1800s. And this is from the New York Times, 1886, Cartersville, Georgia, April 4th. The water had receded from the Tumlin Mound Field, that's what it used to be called, and had left uncovered acres of skulls and bones. Some of these are gigantic. If the whole frame is in proportion to the two thigh bones that were found, their owner must have stood at least 14 feet high. Many curious ornaments of shell, brass, copper, stone have been found. Some of the bodies were buried in small vaults built of stones. The whole makes of the mine of archaeological wealth. A representative of the Smithsonian Institute is here investigating these curious relics. Wow. Obviously, we know what happened to those relics. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Damn. Well, Chad... Thank you for putting the cherry on top of this great episode here. Esoteric America exploring Cartersville, Georgia and the greater Georgia area, at least North Georgia. And yeah, we sort of touched on a couple other places that I know we'll get to at one point. We talked a little bit about Jekyll Island in our last show. And we also talked a little bit about the Etowah Mounds in our last show uh, not last show, I'm sorry, but our, our, when we went to Charleston. So this is interesting. I, I felt like uh, we mm-hmm. sort of got another look at it from a, a person who actually lives down there in Georgia. So Chris, uh, a.k.a. Bird Dog, thank you so much, brother, for putting this research together and giving us a little tour of where you call home. It was truly an honor. I hope I did a good presentation. Oh, and yeah. As you can tell, Thank you. I know there's a lot of dead air. There's just so much info. Oh, no. For, and, the, uh, for the audio listeners, the dead air gets edited out. And for the YouTube oh, people, beautiful. they got stuff to look at while they're sitting there in the silence, even if it's just our pretty faces. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was truly an honor. Um, and I I, um, I feel um, it was beautiful. Thank you very much for having me. Um, may I just share my YouTube of okay. course, yeah, please plug anything you'd like, Instagram, YouTube, whatever you want people to connect to you through. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, if there's someone who maybe wants to get in touch with you, if they live in Georgia, let us know. Maybe we could come back to this area again in the future with another guest. Beautiful. Uh, and it's, I, yes. Um, my YouTube, you can look up Bird Dog 45 with 1D or Bird Dog the Crypto Ronin. What my um, sole purpose here is to, I don't have anything for, to sell, nothing to show, no secret service to for you to get rich. What I do is combine the esoteric, the gematria, the numerology, the astrology, you name it, 
with the crypto burst and investing, and we can merge these together, the Fibonacci's, the charts, we can use this, um, this knowledge for practicality and, and utility. And I do not wish any, my currency is energy. And, and I, and that's what I'm trying to do. I want to bring the crypto people over to the esoteric and I want to bring the esoteric over to the crypto because we do need this matrix money. So if you join my um, YouTube, I, I have lives on Friday nights. We just talk all kinds of crazy again. Much love. I do this. Uh, I've been so blessed. There's a reason why I'm on this show right now with you people because I have been giving and receiving. And it, this is uh, just another um, confirmation manifestation of when you do things in that type of way, um, things like the, the universe just opens up. So un I want everyone to unlock their greatness, including myself. Um, peace and harmony, truly. Thank you. Wonderful. Roman, Chad, any final thoughts? Tara, before we get going here, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, the, the, I wanted to just <clears throat> kind of wrap up. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, you're amazing, absolute high-vibing creature, and we appreciate you. And definitely go check out Bird Dog's YouTube channel because crypto is a... Uh, it exists, and if you're interested in it, definitely, definitely check them out, you know. Um, I'm, I'm going to, and we've talked about uh, getting them on <clears throat> RFTA just to, to give people more insight on the on the crypto. So look out for that. But when Chad was bringing up that awesome story earlier about the Nephilim uh, thing, uh, the Nephilim breeding with the, the giant women, you know, that, that is very reminiscent. I just wanted to throw this out there, you know, bird people, bird man, uh, you know, the interpretation of like something like winged, like an angel from another type of theological point of view, a fallen angel, one bird man that comes to this land paradigm could be a cross correlation uh, into different theological views. So that is very similar to the Christian version of Nephilim as well. The fallen angel um, and angels interpreted with wings um, being a bird man of sorts, you know, sleeping with the earthen women who probably were pretty large due to what our history tells us of, you know, prehistory things. They were big, big trees, big animals. So that is really fascinating. And um, wow. yet again, we have cross correlations of theologies all around. And this is like Chad said in our chat earlier, it's like we're going to be unlocking a bunch of stuff that we don't even know if we're ready for when it comes to us. And beautiful synchronicities all around. And I, I think everybody yet again, another amazing episode and until next time. Right on Roman. Wow. I want you... to thank you too, Chris, man. You did awesome, dude. Can tell you've been inspired and yeah. I guarantee you've inspired others tonight. So thank you. Your passion is really shown through, man. Very appreciated. And, and uh, um, that connection Roman made is, is, I'm still I'm still um, processing it, but as we as they do in the Arabian Peninsula, you know, when they, we greet each other and say, "My heart will always, you know, my mouth will only speak good things about you, and I only think good things about you." So, I get this was truly an honor. I'll I'll be quiet. I get long winded sometimes, guys. No, like, you know, so does <laughs> so does Roman. It's okay. We yeah, thank you, Tara. We appreciate it. Yes, and Chad, well said, brother. Uh, as for everyone listening. If you are inspired, get in touch with us. If you have some research of your own to share and of course, get in touch with Chris. He's got this awesome YouTube channel. Sounds like it's a smart 
choice to uh, spend your time, you know, get some investment advice uh, from people who see the world probably in a similar way that you do. So right on. Thank you so much, Bird Dog, Roman, Chad, Tara. Thank you. Mark. And uh, until next time, folks, enjoy exploring your own